0: How great is sports? How lucky are we to do this when oh, God. an American hockey team wins the best trophy? The Blues win the Stanley Cup, and then a Canadian basketball team wins what has historically has always been an American sport, an American trophy in the NBA Finals. The
1: JT and Looney Podcast.
0: Episode 15. The Toronto Raptors are NBA champions. A city, a province, a country celebrates the NBA
1: championship is due north. Eric Smith with the call. AM 590, the fan. Toronto, Canada. Tom Looney, great to
0: talk to you again on the JT and Looney podcast. And our Canadian brothers to the north are NBA champs.
1: Yeah, That's right, eh? <laughs> Incredible game last night. And uh, you gotta you got to tip your hat to the Warriors, to use the lamest cliche in sports talk radio. But we don't write our radio show. We just sit and talk like we always have. And the Warriors, down two Guerrero's, down two Warriors, still got up off the canvas with all the injuries they had, with all the drama that they had. And it came down to the final seconds, the last two games coming down to the final shots and the final seconds. You couldn't ask more, unless you're a Warriors fan, you couldn't ask for much more. Really awful what happened to KD and Clay Thompson in the process. But injuries happen. Can't use them as excuses. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers were the best team in basketball till Christmas Day when LeBron got hurt. And then, you know, when the team gets when the guys get hurt, then they blame the franchise, but not many fingers to point after that great game. What we should really do is just praise the Toronto Raptors. Let me
0: tell you, this was one of the greatest NBA finals that I can remember. And I don't say that lightly because it didn't go seven games. I had the Warriors in six before it started, but it had everything. I mean, everything from the conversation with the coaches, the young players that were getting an opportunity, guys like Kyle Lowry, Mm. the Kawhi Leonard story was a monster. But then I think what overshadowed the entire NBA finals were the injuries. And for Kevin Durant and then for Klay Thompson, in the elimination game, game six, to tear his ACL on top of a ruptured Achilles for Kevin Durant. I can honestly say this, Tom. I don't think in the rest of our life we will watch a Super Bowl, an NBA Finals, a Stanley Cup Final, where two Hall of Famers, two of the all-time greats, will leave the championship round or the championship game. With career threatening injuries. I mean injuries that can define the rest of their careers. That's what happened to the Warriors the of the podcast, the NBA recap of the championship. I think the biggest takeaway was Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant were injured. And I think if they were completely healthy, they win the championship easily.
1: Yeah, but you know, Toronto you can't take that away from the Toronto Raptors. Healthy or not, the way Kawhi Leonard played Kyle Lowry you know some of the chicken soup for the soul stories guys like fred van Vliet, uh who were just hitting 3 after 3 and the lin sanity of it all jt let's let's give a wink and a nod to jeremy lin who seems to be a good luck charm no matter what team he plays on i wonder how many people even knew he was a toronto raptor and the solidness of uh, the solidness of Mark Gasol playing like his brother pau and just brilliantly, you know, sometimes we think of just because they're slightly effeminate and smoke cigarettes, those Europeans, we think of them as soft, but those Gasol brothers aren't soft. I do think when you take a look at the injuries for the golden state warriors, the one you really have to worry about, obviously, you never want to hear the word Achilles ever. Even if it's an athlete you don't like, and he's getting in your way, you don't want to win games that way with a star tearing his Achilles. Cause you and I, did radio uh, for 15 years together every single day. And anytime somebody ruptured their Achilles or tore their Achilles, 100% of the time, they were never the same again.
0: Yeah, I I think it's tough to talk about an Achilles injury because Mm. you know that a player like Kevin Durant will never be as explosive. He'll never be the player. See, I think Durant's going to recover. I think he's going to come back. But he'll never be the player that he should be so let's stay on kevin durant for a moment because it affects free agency for us in radio when the nba finals ends and the stanley cup final is over they they have the dead zone before we get into real nfl and college football talk but this year it's supposed to be a little bit different because we have this great free agent class the best free agency i believe in over a decade you add in what happened with magic johnson and lebron james anthony Davis is on the trade block, even though he's not a free agent, Kyrie Irving in Boston, Kemba Walker, Clay Thompson, but then you get to Kevin Durant, who clearly could have shifted everything by either staying with the Golden State Warriors, which he might do now, by opting into the final year of his free agency. He can opt back in on a one-year player option, or as I'm sitting here, as a diehard Nick fan, as you know, I was convinced that Durant was going to come, he was going to be burnt out from the whole experience in Oakland and all the gossip and all the Twitter and going back and in insiders and not. And he was going to get a fresh start in New York. Now as a Knicks fan, I've never felt this curse because I actually, I'm going to say this. I don't think that the Knicks should look at Durant anymore in a max contract because he could be damaged goods and his best years could be behind him. Can you believe this happened to freaking Kevin Durant he- oh. heading into free agency?
1: Well, it sucks because even uh, you know when, when you go back in the hot tub time machine to when tour- Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles, I knew things would never be the same. And they weren't. And if you will remember, and I'm the cat glasses half full guy, but we would have guest after guest NBA expert on and even some doctors who would say, well, if anybody can do it, it's Kobe Bryant. And I would think, no, with Achilles, no, they're they're never the same. So if Kobe and his work ethic uh, was never the same, Kobe had a better work ethic than Kevin Durant, who still looks like he never hit a weight machine ever again after his embarrassing performance uh, in the early days as a rookie where I said he would never be a great NFL uh, NBA player because he couldn't bench press 175 pounds. How'd that prediction go? but I think you're right. Nobody should offer a max con- a contract to any guy uh, where the word Achilles is on the injury report. And another thing, well, that if affects you look TG- back. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, if you look back on Durant, when he came in out of Texas and he comes in and he's an elite superstar right out of the gate, cause he's so tall. He's a seven footer who can shoot threes. His legs are, and always were skinnier than supermodels. I repeat, <laughs> supermodels who at times get mocked because they don't eat enough and they look a certain way, they have the same legs as Kevin Durant. So if you took the over or the under on Kevin Durant injuries, lower extremity leg injuries, when he came out of college and he was a future Hall of Famer, he was going to get hurt. The wear and tear on his ankle, ankles, his legs, his knees, his Achilles, eventually caught up to him. And let's stay on Durant for a minute because it's, it pains me that a great player like this, we are all going to lose out on this. We're going to lose out on an opportunity to see Kevin Durant play longer than expected and maybe better than expected. But he goes into free agency and everybody's still wondering who's to blame. His mom recently earlier in the week were on was on Good Morning America. Steve Kerr after the initial press conference went up there and kind of threw it in the lap of Bob Myers. The general manager, Bob Myers, was crying, crying at the press conference because of what he felt for Kevin Durant, the human being. It clearly affected Steph Curry and Klay Thompson before Clay got hurt. So there are fingers to point, Tom, and we're in the business, even on this podcast, when we talk in our podcast voice, we're (laughs) in the business of pointing fingers. And I think we all have to wonder, should have Durant just sat out of the NBA Finals, the way Zion was thinking of sitting out the end of the NCAA season, going into the tournament, and Durant would have been there healthy going into free agency, and he would never have this issue going forward.
1: Well, yeah, there's only one guy he's got to look at, and that's the man in the mirror. It is his fault. Uh, he he makes the ultimate decision, and but you, you, we always say guys are it just for the money. This disproves that once again. Here's a guy that should have sat out because of the money, but he's not in it 100% for the money, team camaraderie, teamwork, and winning it for the team in the name of the front of the jersey and the stuff that, you know, Vince Lombardi likes to talk about. Still the greatest athletes, it's so much more than the money. And we have to point that out when it happens. And you mentioned Steve Kerr. That was strange to me. Because Steve Kerr, who has an opinion on everything, including politics, et cetera, everything he's got an opinion on. Everything. Then when you ask him his opinion on Kevin Durant whose fault it is, etc., he defers <laughs> that question to the general manager of the team. That's an interesting time to defer when the chips are down.
0: How about this? Let's yeah, let's go to Clay Thompson. For Clay Thompson. Sure. In the elimination game, game six, where the Raptors beat the Warriors to win their first NBA title, 114 to 110, the leading scorer in the game was Clay Thompson. He had 30 points when he went down with an injury, played 32 minutes, and he had 30 points. So the injury, the the tear of the ACL is so significant that he can miss all of next year. He's most likely going to rehab as we talk about load management and when to bring a player back. We all assume that the Warriors are going to be a playoff team next year, even if they're not a one or two seed because of Durant's injury and free agency and Clay. Clay's not going to play until February, March, or April of next year. So how many times in a game six of an NBA final has a future Hall of Famer teared up a knee and still been the leading scorer in the game. I think this Clay Thompson story, Tom, is a big one. And you know Michael Thompson, his dad, who was walking in the bowels of Oracle Arena with him after the game. This is a big moment for that family.
1: His dad and his mom were walking in the bowels with him and went to the hospital with him. They're still with him there one day after on the day of this broadcast, still staying in town in the Bay Area with their son. Uh, because they know he's also emotionally damaged right now. You know, and that brings us to how this affects free agency as well, not only for Kevin Durant, but Clay Thompson, as he has to contemplate what happens next, not only physically to get back, but uh, and of course he will give a canned answer that he's not thinking about the money, he's not thinking about the contract right now, he's only thinking about get, getting better in his teammates. He, he's a vanilla guy who will only say those things, but you're wondering now as he sits with a sore knee with his parents, uh, is, does he miss them? And would he like to move back to Southern California and play for the Lakers and be three quarters of the player that he once was? As a Laker fan, I'll take three quarters of Clay Thompson. Wouldn't you, as a Nick fan? Yeah,
0: I think Clay Thompson's going to come back because of his youth and his age to be at 100% on it during his Hall of Fame career. So I think Clay is going to be okay. It really is a fascinating point that you bring up because he's one of the only guys in this free agent class that doesn't want to be a free agent. He loves the Warriors, wants to be a warrior for life. Typically, every free agent, especially in this era, at least wants to explore it. He would want to look. The fit for the Lakers would be perfect. If LeBron James could pick one player to be his wingman, as he attacks the rim and likes to defer to the open guy in the corner, <laughs> Clay Thompson would be that guy. But Clay obviously wants That's to be a right. warrior. But again, I think it's very sad because usually you don't shed a tear for a team that loses a championship after going five years in a row, right? right. Five years in a row. Look at the Patriots run, even though it's not been five years in a row, their dynasty of six championships. When someone loses, typically, you move on, you wonder if they'll be back. But for the Warriors, we're talking five years in a row in the NBA Finals. I think it's fair to say they should have went five for five because the one they lost to LeBron, they were up three games to one. Draymond Green, who played at such a great level throughout this dynasty run, he was suspended for game five. LeBron comes back from the dead, three to one with Kyrie and wins that championship. That should have been in the Warriors' pocket. And then with Kevin Durant and Clay, if they don't get injured in this one, I really think, Tom, that we should talk about a franchise that should have went five for five in the NBA finals and get out of it with three out of five. That's a dynasty for me.
1: Yeah, but they didn't. And so it was a lot of fun watching them. It, it's hard to, you know, unlike the New England Patriots, whenever they lose or they win, it's easy to dislike them because of uh, a lot of their sordid past. When it comes to the Golden State Warriors, it's hard to cheer. that I, I was cheering against them as a Laker fan, but you don't want to have them lose in the way that they did. You don't want, you know, these aren't cartoons, and we learned that from sitting down and talking face-to-face with athletes over the last couple of decades. These aren't cartoon characters. These are human beings, as you can see with Clay Thompson, with a mom and a dad who were there in the arena and come down into the bowels of the arena when their son gets hurt. And so you don't want, I remember when they went back to uh, underneath the stadium, underneath the arena, when Kevin Durant got hurt and he couldn't, it seemed to me like they were trying to say there was so much sobbing that there was no comment, but they're always careful about that to respect men when they're crying in the locker room. But he was, you know, it was really tears of doom. I'm sure when he heard the word Achilles or when he knew it was his Achilles coming off the court, because at, at his age, at, at KD's age, he knows sometimes that means you're done.
0: Yeah. As we haven't spent much time yet on the Raptors and their championship. And we will, we'll oh. get to Drake. We'll get to the Raptors. We'll get to Canada, the country coming together. But I really thought the compelling story the whole time was the Warriors.
1: Yeah. The loser's locker room. That's where the better story always is.
0: Yeah, the Warriors closing out Oracle Arena before they moved to Chase Arena in San Francisco. Everything that's going on there and the dynasty and how they would keep this team together and how they built up a franchise. I always compare this to the Patriots. The Patriots were terrible for our entire lifetime, with all due respect to Tony Eason and Steve Grogan.
1: And Minnie Mac Heron and Sugar Bear Hamilton.
0: (laughs) They were a pretty bad franchise until Robert Kraft bought the team, and now they're considered by some maybe to be right there with the Niners and the Cowboys and the Steelers over a very short period of time. The same could be said for the Warriors. I was in that building, you know, 15 years ago when they couldn't give away tickets, where they were coming to me on the radio saying, JT, we want to have a JT the Brick section, and we want to give you 20 tickets per home game and sit with the fans because they couldn't sell tickets. And what this franchise was able to accomplish with new ownership to play out the end of Oracle, to put together their own deal with private money to go to San Francisco. Those great fans in Oakland, this is an East Bay team, even though they started in San Francisco, moved to Oakland. Tom, I really believe this is the end of the Warriors dynasty. And that's going to get fans unhinged, triggered, as we say in the world of politics. But you're not a dynasty anymore. When you lose, the Warriors (laughs) won three out of five. That was a great dynasty. They would have been one of the greatest dynasties ever if they were four out of five or five out of five. They have a built-in excuse with the injuries, which I talked about. But nothing to be ashamed of here. The Warriors have entered the rare air of dynasty, winning three championships in five seasons, and everyone should feel pretty good about that.
1: Yeah, but the problem is, let's talk about still what people are feeling bad about. You know, that arena... Uh, towards its end, had an incredible history. And it, it, that's one thing. I was there the last game of the Los, Los Angeles Lakers ever played at the legendary Fabulous Forum. And I was there as a writer for the L.A. Downtown News writing about you know, how it, they were moving to Staples Center because it was the Downtown News and Staples Center was downtown. And it was almost a nothing story. A lot of the legends were there, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Jamal Wilkes, et cetera, because it was the last game at the forum, but the Lakers lost and got eliminated uh, for, for the, on the in the playoffs. And 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 a team that had, was full of superstars that Kurt Rambis couldn't coach out of a wet paper bag. And so the story was the sadness and the ridiculousness that this team couldn't move along further in the playoffs. And so it was so the story was lost that it was the last Laker game in the form because it was a dud. And in this game uh, with the NBA finals game six being a loss and then the Toronto Raptors, a team from Canada winning in their house at Oracle. The fact that it was the last game ever in that arena was also lost by the bigger story. And that's kind of too bad for the fans in that arena uh those fans, as you know, have been great fans and they should have been yes. celebrated on their last day in that arena. And they weren't. That's too bad. Well,
0: we dipped the show in reality and now we dunked the podcast in reality. <laughs> and when it comes to that, th- that's what sports is all about. You can close down a stadium. Remember when everybody thought they were going to close the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum for football? And I said, no, they're not. They'll be back next year and everybody's going crazy. It's going to be the last game. No, it's not. The Raiders are going to play there one more year. But when you play a last game anywhere, there's a lot of emotion. But when you're a dynasty team playing the last game, that is very, very rare. I remember when you know, the Red Wings were a dynasty playing at Joe Lewis Arena. And we talked about them winning those cups and what it meant. They moved to a new building. But when you look at a team that's trying to accomplish something so big, when the Jordan Dynasties came together, because he had two, he won three in a row, Then two, he was gone. Then they won three in a row. That wasn't one dynasty. That was two different dynasties. And when you look at what they played in the arena that they played in, you know, when Jordan won his last one, they didn't close the United Center the next day. And this is something very rare that happens in sports. But to all the Warrior fans who are listening, it was gut-wrenching because they shouldn't have even got that game, game six, because they should have lost in game five. In Toronto, where Toronto would have won four in a row after losing game one, but they were able to get a miracle win without Kevin Durant in the game that he went down. The Warriors had back-to-back threes late by Clay and Steph and found a way to win that game on a last-second miss by Toronto. So, Tom, they had one more opportunity to win at Oracle, and it was an ugly storm of a loss, a dynasty coming to an end and one of the franchise players in Clay Thompson tearing his ACL in my world. That's a worst case scenario.
1: As I sit here in Los Angeles and you are in Las Vegas, I'm looking at the odds in Vegas. Who's going to win the 2020 NBA title, or some will say the 2020 NBA title. Who's the leader in the clubhouse. That would be my Los Angeles Lakers at nine to two. Do you believe it? Do they know something we don't no, know? No, I don't.
0: Okay. I think that's the, one of the most insane things I've ever seen in Vegas because Vegas cares about evening up the bets, right? Mm-hmm. They, they know they're going to take Laker bets. So they're setting the odds that way. And that's Las Vegas believing that LeBron James is going to get Anthony Davis. And it's also Las Vegas believing that without Kevin Durant, who's going to sit out a year, and without Klay Thompson who's going to sit out at least three quarters of the year that if the Lakers hit a home run with a trade or in free agency with LeBron, that they're going to be the front runner. So I understand why the odds have changed here. The odds move that way because of the Warriors injuries.
1: And do they also move that way because Vegas is trying to avoid losing money? Because yeah, of- I think the odds are
0: set that way because yeah. afterwards, if, if if someone signs with the Lakers, Anthony Davis, they keep Kuzma, LeBron James, They're able to get a mid-level but good veteran to come in there. I think the Lakers, your team, with LeBron James, will probably not only make the playoffs but be a two two or three seed and have an opportunity to win a championship. So that all ties in. It all ties into what we're talking about, is the Warriors not only lost, their dynasty in Oakland came to an end, but it changed the entire landscape of the NBA and free agency when it comes to trades. This was a colossal moment in NBA history. I just thought the Warriors were going to win their fourth title in five years, and then teams were going to go into free agency doing what? Trying to beat the Warriors, trying to build a team to match up against the Warriors. Tom Looney, maybe you don't have to build a team anymore to match up with the Warriors, maybe just to slow down Steph Curry.
1: Uh, It seems like Vegas might agree with you, but I will tell you one thing about the NBA. Stories like this are only good for the NBA. If it bleeds, it leads. But even if it's not bleeding, you're going to have Zion there in Vegas. I've got the NBA draft coming up, free agency coming up. You know, is Anthony Davis going to be a Laker uniform? That'll bring out the haters again. People will whine and complain about just a few teams having the best players. And they'll have no credibility because the Toronto Raptors just won the nba title with danny green and norman powell and chris uh, jody meeks and and a whole bunch of guys that you wouldn't believe around that uh, roster that you couldn't even name other than kawhi leonard and marcus all and kyle lowry so uh it's going to be an incredible summer pr wise again for the nba
0: Let's give the Raptors their props. We got to give everybody in radio a prop. If you don't give someone their props, you're a bad guy. Raptors end up winning in six games. They end the Warriors dynasty. They do it on the road to close out an arena, Oracle, 114 to 110. And Kawhi Leonard gets his second MVP award in the NBA final. So for all of our Canadian brothers to the north, all the fans that download the podcast, congratulations. Congratulations. This is incredible to me. The Raptors went all in on a trade with Kawhi Leonard, which I believe goes to the Mount Rushmore of great trades in the history of sports, Mm -hmm. obviously the NBA, where a player can walk after a championship because Tom, I think Kawhi is going to be a clipper. I think he wants to come to LA. He built a mansion in Rancho Santa Fe outside San Diego. And I think he should go out on top. There's nothing more for Kawhi to do in Canada with the Raptors. Go out like John Elway at the top, leave it, go to LA and help another franchise try to get to the promised land. I've seen it all with Kawhi Leonard.
1: Well, one one small caveat there with your little speech about Kawhi Leonard, you believe he wants to be a Clipper? Does anybody want to be a Clipper? Does any kid in Southern California grow up? wanting to be a Clipper. What makes you think other than a lot of stories out there, nobody with very, very good sources, Kawhi Leonard, there's nobody with any sources have ever has has said Kawhi Leonard would like to be a Clipper. There's a narrative. He wants to
0: relocate. Right. Yeah. He wants to relocate to Southern California. I think the Clippers, as we speak, are in a better position as a franchise when it comes to leadership with Steve Ballmer than the absolute mess that Genie Buss, who we both like, created in Los Angeles. It looks like the Lakers are a toxic oil spill. Oh, stop And I they don't think hurt. that Kawhi Isn't Leonard...
1: They're no more of a toxic oil spill than the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors are a toxic oil spill because of injuries, and the Lakers were a toxic oil spill because of injuries. Everybody was hurt all year. And that is not the fault of the management who brought, who had who was able to bring in... LeBron James last year, that's not their fault. And also what? They're going to be a toxic waste dump for one year because of injuries, not because of incompetence. That's another false narrative. Kawhi Leonard's not going to the Clippers. And the Los Angeles Lakers aren't as mismanaged as everyone says there is. It's just everyone's focused on it. They've got LeBron James, and they're probably going to hook him up with either Kawhi Leonard or Anthony Davis. And then what are you going to call him?
0: Yeah, I couldn't disagree with you more. I think Kawhi will end up with Steve Ballmer, the richest owner in sports in Los Angeles, and I think he'll play for Doc Rivers, an NBA champion coach, instead of Frank Vogel of your Lakers. I think he's going to go there with a team that showed a lot of heart and desire last year as a playoff team and gave the Warriors everything they got before they were eliminated. So we'll get back to that. We'll do another podcast when free agency opens up and where he's going to be. But uh, getting back to Kawhi, remember, we're talking about a guy who only played 60 games this regular season. And the year before, I believe he played seven or nine. I'll go back and check. But for Kawhi Leonard, a guy who was worried about load management, a gotchinship in San Antonio, where typically everybody loves San Antonio and retires on a high note there and has a great run throughout their career, he left San Antonio on a bad note. We took calls from Mm -hmm. San Antonio fans who were really upset. Yeah, 2017-18, Kawhi played nine games. This past season, he played 60 in the regular season, but he handled it his way. He dealt with his own trainers, his own doctors, his own conciliaries to talk himself through this. He went to Toronto on a trade where a lot of people thought he didn't want to stay there long-term. He put his head... He was absolutely brilliant game winning game seven shot against Philadelphia takes out the Greek freak in Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then he goes in and takes down a dynasty with the Warriors and gets his second MVP of the NBA finals. This is one of the great championship stories that I've seen in NBA history. He's going to be one of the all-time greats and he just stamped his legacy in a country.
1: It's pretty amazing, too, when you take a look at how we really didn't much know what his voice sounds like. We've learned what his laugh sounds like because he's got a weird laugh but went viral. <laughs> really, but, but did, did, did NBA, because, because he was in San Antonio and he doesn't talk, until getting to the NBA Finals with all these years in the NBA on his resume, he gets to the NBA Finals with the Toronto Raptors, and we kind of know now what his voice sounds like. Isn't that amazing he's been able to go uh, in, a, in an NBA which now is hogging headlines constantly in a very Trumpy fashion over the past five or ten years since we've been together. It's amazing how often the NBA dominates sports conversations, must really drive the NFL crazy, and that we haven't – no, there's not a person out there who can mimic Kawhi Leonard's voice because there's hardly a person out there who knows what it sounds like. That's pretty rare.
0: Who who do you think is going to handle the trade better, Kawhi Leonard to Toronto, or Odell Beckham Jr. to Cleveland?
1: Oh, I think that. I, be I, true. I
0: think we know the answer. <laughs> I, I think you look at Kawhi. Kawhi handled his business. He didn't, as you said, I don't think he's very comfortable talking and right. you know just putting stuff out on his own. If if Doris Burke is going to ask him a tough question at the podium about free agency, he can handle that and move on. But the way Kawhi Leonard went from San Antonio after nine games not being with the team not sitting on the bench with the team during the playoffs not getting a send-off after coming into that team as a rookie in 2011 and 12 winning a title and an mvp that ended on a really sour note no matter what pop says or Kawhi says that really it didn't end ugly in san antonio but it didn't end well and then to go to toronto I never thought that they were an NBA title contender and then to win the title and then to do it in Oakland and to stand on the podium and get the MVP trophy from Bill Russell, who was born in and around Oakland who who's from there. I I sat at home with my sons watching that going, this is such a beautiful story about ups and downs and how to handle adversity, injury, moving to another country and just putting your head down and accomplishing your goals. Uh, The win for Kawhi Leonard last night and his teammates gives Kawhi Leonard now a complete legacy in the NBA. If he never wins another title, if he never wins another MVP in the finals, we'll still be talking about him as one of the all-time greats.
1: There are so many great stories on the Toronto Raptors roster too, as we wrap it up, that I guess we'll have to have HBO real sports go in depth with piano keys and, And Brian Gumbel with the uh, glasses on his nose with Kyle Lowry's story and Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam from Senegal. Jeremy Lenz on that team and and Mark Gasol, you know, a Euro and Serge Ibaka. There's some really cool stories, Uh, so many on the Toronto Raptors. Team, chicken soup for the soul, sports stories that aren't going to be, you know, aren't going to tell because aren't going to get told because if it bleeds, it leads, and the Warriors are bleeding.
0: Yeah, there's so many great storylines with the Raptors and this team and coming together and how they were able to pull this off. It really is a team that had a bunch of different personalities, role players, Van Vliet, as you mentioned, Kyle Lowry, who was beat up beat up by the fans in Toronto, the fans around the league. Nobody thought that he would be the point guard or the leader of a championship team with all of his ups and downs. Let's not forget Nick nurse. As I was tweeting throughout (laughs) the postseason with Nick nurse, I thought he made some great adjustments, which he did against Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Remember, this was a team. Remember when they, when Milwaukee in that series went up to nothing, everybody thought it was over. Nick nurse made Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick like adjustments and they took out Giannis Antetokounmpo and were able to put them down. And then I thought he outcoached Steve Kerr throughout most of the NBA finals, but I think Kerr gets a pass because of all the injuries, but I don't think this is a great team. I don't think it's a team that's going to be back again. I think they're going to get fleeced with some free agency. They're not going to be a favorite to get it done next year, but for one shining moment, one (laughs) postseason one incredible run. Uh, This is going to be one of the more memorable NBA Finals teams 20 years from now, 50 years from now, people will go back and go, hey, remember when the Raptors beat the Warriors to close out Oracle? And every real NBA fan will go, hell yeah, that was a great NBA Finals, Kawhi Leonard, a great team, and they'll remember the injuries to the Warriors. Tom, dare I put an asterisk? You know I love a good asterisk. Uh-huh. We put an asterisk next to the Raptors World Championship because of the Warrior injuries.
1: Well, the asterisk will be right next to the asterisk. It'll say the only one they ever got. <laughs> Most likely it will be. <laughs> and uh, as we have our asterisk and as our exclamation point at the end of the podcast, you got to be happy for former Laker great Jody Meeks who finally got his first ring with the Toronto Raptors. Wow. There are a lot of nobodies on that team. What a great job they how did. How great is
0: how great is sports? How lucky are we to do this when oh God. an American hockey team wins the best trophy in sports from Canada, a Canadian sport. The Blues win the Stanley Cup, and then a Canadian Basketball team, even though Mr. Naismith in Canada invented the sport, wins what has historically has always been an American sport, an American trophy in the NBA finals. Congratulations to the Raptors. I think a lot of people, Tom, have a heavy heart for Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant, But I think the Warriors are a great dynasty. The dynasty is over. They can start a new one in San Francisco, but the Warriors in Oakland have come to an end and it was a hell of a run
1: boom thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube